morning. We are glad that you have tuned in with us today. We're going to be starting a new series titled Encountering God, True Stories. The series will run throughout the end of the year, and we hope that you continue to come each week and listen as we hear two different things. The first thing we're going to be looking at is how people in Scripture had encountered God and what that looked like and how it changed their life. The second part is we're going to be looking at people in our church and how their story is true and how they have encountered Jesus. And we're going to continue to look at each of those things and we hope that as we go throughout the series that you can find a way to connect with Jesus yourself. If you have any questions, feel free to message us, reach out to us through Facebook, social media, call the church phone at 606 696-2431, or message um, someone, one of the leaders, or even one of the ministers here at the church. We'd be glad to answer questions and walk you through what it looks like to meet Jesus in your life. And so, we hope that you stay tuned and that you enjoy the service today. Set a fire down in my soul 
Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Vanceburg Christian Church. We're glad that you tuned in to our worship service this morning. Today, we're going to start a new series of sermons called Encountering God, True Stories. We're going to look at some people, Old Testament and New, who had an encounter with God and it changed their lives forever. And along with those sermons, we're going to have some interviews and testimonies with some of the members of our church to remind us that people still encounter God today. Well, we're going to kick off the series from Luke 19, talking about Zacchaeus, the tax collector, how Zacchaeus meets Jesus. Now, most people who have been attending church for a long time are familiar with Zacchaeus, either from this scripture or from the children's song. You know, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and so on. Well, let's, uh, let's get into the scripture. Luke 19, beginning with verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So Jesus was entering Jericho, and evidently he didn't plan to stay very long there. He was just passing through, but he wanted to spend enough time there to have an encounter with Zacchaeus. And it says that Zacchaeus was a, a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. In other scriptures, we meet people who are called tax collectors, and they were despised because they usually were known for cheating people. The Roman Empire was in charge of all the known world at that time, and they would parcel out different areas and say, okay, you be the tax collector here. We expect so much revenue from this area. Anything you get over that, you can keep. So you see how it would entice somebody to be greedy and try to cheat people. So tax collectors were despised. And Zacchaeus was not just a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. It seems that he was the, the head of the organization in Jericho that collected all the revenue. And it said he was wealthy. Jericho was known for its commerce. You could make a pretty good living in Jericho if you applied yourself. Business was good. On top of that, Jericho was on a trade route from the east back to Jerusalem. A lot of goods came through there. And a lot of those goods could be taxed. So 
if you were a tax collector and your location was Jericho, you had a pretty good chance of becoming wealthy. And that's what Zacchaeus was. He was wealthy. And this should raise some red flags with us because with wealth comes the temptation to be greedy. And the Bible warns us over and over against being greedy. Proverbs warns us not to be greedy, but to be generous. Two of the Ten Commandments are about greed. You shall not steal and you shall not covet. And when you get to the New Testament and look at the sin lists that Jesus and the apostles give to us, and you don't want to be on these sin lists, over and over, greed is on the list. Why, greed was considered by the early church to be one of the seven deadly sins. And while it's possible to be poor and still be greedy, the temptation to be greedy is greater if you've got a lot of money. And this is where Zacchaeus finds himself. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. Now he wanted to see who Jesus was. He evidently heard about this faith healer, this miracle worker who was drawing such big crowds. So he wanted to see Jesus, but he was short, so he couldn't see over the crowd. And tax collectors were very unpopular it would be very doubtful that anybody in the crowd would make way for Zacchaeus to have a good view. So he's in a bind here. He wants to see Jesus, but he can't see him because he's short and there's a big crowd. Well, Zacchaeus is a resourceful person. You don't get to be chief tax collector unless you can pull a few strings or throw your weight around or come up with a creative idea or two along the way. Zacchaeus was a go-getter. And you know what a go-getter is. It's somebody who gets into the revolving door behind you and comes out ahead of you. That's a go-getter. And Zacchaeus was a go-getter. He had a plan. He said, okay, I'm going to run and run and run and I'm going to get ahead of all these people. And then I'm going to climb up in a tree so when Jesus comes by, I can have a good view. So that's what he does. And here we see that Zacchaeus is not so concerned about his dignity. You see, wealthy people, they don't tend to run and climb trees. When's the last time you saw a wealthy person running down the street of Vanceburg and then climbing a tree? They just don't do that. It's not dignified. But Zacchaeus didn't care about looking dignified. He wanted to see Jesus. And he did whatever it took to do that. So he runs ahead of the crowd. He climbs up in the tree since Jesus was coming that way. And now his plan is going to come into fruition. Jesus is going to pass by and he's going to have a bird's eye view. The only thing was Jesus didn't pass by. He stopped right under the tree calling out to Zacchaeus, putting him on the spot. If Zacchaeus had a plan to fly under the radar, that wasn't going to happen now. Jesus put him on the spot. He says, Zacchaeus, come down Immediately, I must stay at your house today. Notice the, the urgency 
It's almost a command. Jesus doesn't say, I'm thinking about coming to your house. I'd, I'd like to visit your house. He says, I must stay at your house today. Note the urgency. Jesus saw that there was something that needed to happen between him and Zacchaeus. Jesus saw it as part of his mission to mankind to have an encounter with this wealthy tax collector. It had to happen, and Jesus was going to make sure that it did. Come down, I must stay at your house today. Now this is the point where a lot of people start to make excuses. Oh, Jesus, I, I didn't really expect you to invite yourself over to the house today. Not really ready for company. Just wanted a passing glance. You can go on, that's okay. And people today still make the same excuses. They don't really want an encounter with Jesus. They just want to be seen at church. They just want it to be known that they're a Christian. They just want to get their name on the membership roll. They didn't really want to get deeply involved with Jesus. This is where a lot of people start to make their excuses. But not Zacchaeus. It says he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. There was no hesitation on the part of Zacchaeus. He came right down from that tree and welcomed him. And I bet that Zacchaeus looked just as funny and undignified climbing down out of that tree as he did climbing up it. But he didn't care. He welcomed Jesus gladly. Well, what's the response from the others? Verse 7 says, All the people saw this and began to mutter, He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. People were complaining they were murmuring and mumbling when i read this i think about those old movies where there's a courtroom scene and something exciting happens and all the people in the courtroom start murmuring and mumbling until the judge hammers his gavel and calls for order this is the muttering the complaining that was going on under people's breath he's gone to be the guest of a sinner well, they don't have anything good to say about Zacchaeus. They can't even call him by name. He's just a sinner. Jesus gets criticized too for going to the house of a sinner. So you notice that whenever people have a real encounter with God, somebody's going to complain about it. Zacchaeus, in stark contrast to these mutterers and complainers, it says... He stood up. Now, physically he didn't stand very tall, but he takes a big stand right now. Literally and metaphorically, Jesus sees that Zacchaeus is taking a stand for him. In contrast to the people complaining and mumbling and muttering, Zacchaeus takes a stand. You know, sometimes you just have to stand up for Jesus. And Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Notice the tense 
that Zacchaeus uses. It's not future tense. A lot of people talk about what they're going to do for the Lord. But he doesn't put it off to the future. He says, here and now. It starts today. All of you servants here who are hearing my voice, start making the preparations because it's a done deal. It's going to start happening right now. I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor. Now this is not a rule that's written down. That wealthy people have to give half of their things away to the poor. But Zacchaeus is not wanting to follow rules. He's wanting to show the generosity that's in the heart of this formerly greedy man. And he says, if I've cheated anybody out of anything, we kind of lose something in the translation. In the original language, it kind of reads like, if I've cheated anybody, and I most certainly have, I'm going to pay them back. You don't accumulate that kind of wealth without defrauding several people along the way. And again, Zacchaeus is not just about obeying the rules. In the Old Testament, if you were caught defrauding somebody, you had to pay back the entire amount plus 20%. Zacchaeus says here, I'm going to pay them back four times the amount. Zacchaeus is not like so many people who try to get by with the bare minimum. What's the least I can give? What's the least I can serve? What's the least I can worship and get by with it? Zacchaeus would have none of this. He was not trying to simply follow the rules. He was trying to follow Jesus. Jesus had come into this man's life and changed him for the better. It was a drastic change for someone to go from a, a greedy tax collector to somebody who was so generous he'd give half of his wealth to the poor. He'd pay back all those people he had cheated over the years. And this was quite a task. There would no doubt be a long list of people that Zacchaeus had cheated. People that he would have to look in the eye maybe and tell them, I did you wrong, but I am going to pay it back four times the amount. And what does Jesus say about all this? He said to him, today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. Jesus says, today, salvation has come to this house. You see, where Jesus is present... The opportunity for salvation is also present. Not in the distant future, but right now. People who come to Jesus can be saved and start living in his kingdom today. Today, salvation is available. He calls this man a son of Abraham. He was not just from the lineage of Abraham. He had latched on to the faith of Abraham. He'd stepped out in faith. Faith in Jesus. He had accepted the grace that God has extended to all mankind through Jesus. Zacchaeus had put his trust in the one that he had sought and in the one who sought him out in return.
And this is what Jesus is all about because he says in verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The reason Jesus came here was to seek us out and to save us because we're all lost. The Bible plainly says that we're all sinners in need of a Savior. And God sent us one in Jesus. He left his place in heaven, came down to this earth to seek us out, to have an encounter with us. Not just so we could say we met Jesus, but so we could be saved. And that salvation is available to anyone who wants to really trust Jesus. So we see here that we need to seek Jesus. And I want to ask you, my friend, whether you're lost or whether you've been saved, are you really looking for Jesus? Or do you just want to have a front row seat as life passes by? Are you really wanting to see Jesus? What kind of creative things are you doing to get closer to Jesus? What steps have you taken recently to get closer to the Lord? How bad do you want to see Jesus? Is it just a pretense or is it something that really springs from your heart? Do you want to see Jesus? Well, here's a, a promise from Scripture. If you want to get close to Jesus, Jesus will come close to you. Those who don't want anything to do with Jesus, he shakes the dust off his sandals and he walks away and says, your will be done. But if you really want Jesus, if you seek him out with all of your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, Jesus will make himself known to you, make himself available to you in a way that you never could have imagined before. I think in a sense, Jesus is saying to every one of us, I must come to your house today. So how are you going to respond to that? Remember, there's a world of people out there that are going to mutter and mumble and put you down and question Jesus. Well, the world's going to be what the world's going to be, but you've got to take a stand against the world, just like Zacchaeus did. You've got to take a stand for Jesus. And we see here that this man was changed. Rarely in Scripture do we see such a drastic change happen so quickly that this greedy, wealthy tax collector is turned into a generous man who wants to make amends and do so much more for the people he's wronged and for the poor in his community. So, if you think you want to follow Jesus, you better consider, my friend, that Jesus is expecting some change in your life. It might be in a different way from what Zacchaeus needed to change, but we all need to change and become more and more like Jesus. We need to spend some time with Him and be transformed into His likeness. We need to repent Become the kind of person that Jesus wants us to be. And for those who truly do seek him, 
Salvation is available. So my friend, that's what I urge you to do. If you're out there watching or listening and you've not come to Jesus yet, I want you to seek out somebody who can tell you more about how to respond to Jesus in faith. How to confess Him as Lord and Savior. How to repent, that is, turn your life over to Him. How to be immersed in the water so that your sins will be forgiven. I urge you, if you're looking for Jesus, don't look half-heartedly. Look with all of your might and all your strength and all your soul. Look for Jesus and He will accept you. And salvation can come to your house today. We're going to take a moment now to celebrate the salvation that we have in Jesus. Through this pandemic, we've asked you periodically to Keep something at home that can be used as communion. A piece of cracker or bread can represent the broken body of Jesus. Any kind of juice or grape drink could represent the blood that reminds us of how much Jesus loved us. That he gave his life on the cross so that we wouldn't have to perish, but we could have eternal life. And I know it means so much more when we can gather together and do this in person. But it's still a very meaningful thing to do when we can take communion together on a Sunday, even if it's virtual. So I'm going to urge you to take the bread. And do so in a thankful way. And then to drink the juice. Now that we've done that, I'd like to say a prayer for our communion, our time together, and our country. Lord, we want to thank you for what you've just allowed us to do by taking communion to remind us of the great love that you have for us. Love that sent Jesus to the cross to die so that we could live. Lord, thank you for these emblems that remind us of the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. Lord, help us to look forward to this communion every single day and celebrate it every single week. Lord, we thank you for the time we've had together today for the music and for the word of Lord we thank you for the encounter that we see that Zacchaeus had with Jesus Lord we pray that you'd give us the courage to be more bold in our faith to seek Jesus out to follow him to trust him to encourage others to do the same Lord we want to say a prayer for our nation and our state and our local government and the newly elected leaders. We pray that you'd bless them and guide them. Lord, help our country to heal from the wounds of this heated election. Lord, we want to pray for our nation and our community in the wake of this virus that has surged for a second time. Lord, help us to be mindful of the things that we need to do to keep ourselves and others as safe as possible. 
Lord, we pray for the families of those who've lost loved ones. We pray for those who are ill right now. We pray for your healing and your mercy. And Lord, we pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done. Let it start with us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Tom, for sharing a story from Scripture with us this morning that teaches us how we should respond even when we meet Jesus. Zacchaeus uh, had an opportunity that he didn't want to miss out on. And he changed his life completely when he met Jesus. And so we're going to turn now to a story and an interview here with a couple from our church. And so, first of all, I would like for you to share who you are and what is your role, what is your job um, outside of church. She's Beverly Bowden. She works at John O'Call's Dentistry. And she's a receptionist. He's Timothy Bowden, a.k.a. Timmy. He works for Windstream, and he has been a member of this church pretty much all of his life. She came when she got married. Did she get married to you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> she kind of got drugged. Uh, she wanted to go to church. Um, Mom came to church here, and she started going and then taking the girls. So the two of you have been attending Vanceburg Christian Church for quite a while now. And we know that you all have been involved and you do quite a bit here at church. So just explain exactly what you do or what your role is here at Vanceboro Christian Church. I am a member of the praise team. So I sing and I help plan some of the worships. Um, I also teach Sunday school for, um, for, the, um, for the little kids. She won't admit to it. She dances on stage sometimes too with a couple of the songs. <laughs> Um, I do the sound. Um, a lot of people think I'm in charge of these videos. That's not me. I just do sound. Um, I do help out with some of the videos, and then uh, I help out in the church with different things. Not full projects, but I help out like with wiring something up, or if somebody needs a hand, like with the security team, they was putting some cameras up. I helped out with some of that. Anything technical, I'll fool with. And, um, and then we do do a small group at the house, uh, from our, from, which stem from the church, but we kind of continued it on after small groups were over. We also help out with the uh, student ministry, the youth group that Daniel leads. Um, we just kind of help keep things in order and, you know, just help to try to mentor the kids in some way, however it may be. So this is the first week of the series titled Encountering God, True Stories. And we're just digging into real life, true stories that happen in each of our lives. And we thank you for allowing us to be able to know and understand a little bit of your story. I know we don't have a lot of time because you're here on lunch break to make this video. So we have to make it fast and not able to get everything that maybe we would like or that you would like to share. But today's sermon was about Zacchaeus. And we want to just know, what is it that you connect with in the story about Zacchaeus? Um, I can relate in, like, he just, he comes to wherever you are. He'll, he will meet you wherever you are. 
It doesn't matter if you're at work or if you're, you know, in the middle of a crowded village or if you're shopping <laughs> at a grocery store. He will meet you wherever he feels the need to, to meet you. So Bev had said here that you, Timmy, have been a part of the church for pretty much your whole life. Now, I know that the church has not always been in your life, and so explain what that looked like. Explain what caused you to come back to church and get involved. It was more in my 20s when I, when I was gone. Um, the biggest thing that brought me back was Emily. Emily took a big interest in church, um, and it was as she was probably getting into the teenage years, and, and I got to thinking when I was a youth in this church how important it was to me to be to be here or just want to be here, and then being active with her with the youth group. Uh, Daniel had asked us to go like to to a Winter Jam concert and different things, and it just being in it impacted it. Being away from it was easy to stay away just as much as going is, makes it easy to come back because the more you dive into it, the more you want to learn. The more you skip, the more you want to stay away. And I was in that rut. I was working out of town. I had one day off a week. I used to blame it on clothes. I don't have clothes to wear. Look at me now. <laughs> I'm in dirty work clothes because there's days I have to work. There's church days I have to work. Um, it's not about the clothes. It's about your heart and God and you wanting to learn about him. So most of us who attend church here have been able to see, you know, Bev here on stage a lot of Sundays, Timmy at the soundboard or um, doing something around the church. There's actually been a lot of those 2 a.m. mornings when Timmy's here running wires or organizing something or trying to figure out a problem that is happening with the sound. And we appreciate that. And so we can see how, you know, you coming back to the church, coming back to Jesus, has kind of changed your lives and um, your family's life. And so in the story of Zacchaeus, we see that when he met Jesus, his life changed. You know, he had this money that he had been taken from people as he collected taxes, and he, he just changed his life, and he says, I'm willing to even sacrifice my wealth because I'm going to seek after Jesus now. And so, explain to us what exactly that looks like for you all. I know we've talked in the past one-on-one -on -one how, um, you know, the finances and those kind of things have been different for you all since you've met Jesus and really been involved and committed. So, just explain to us what that looks like. I don't know that you necessarily looked at what you're missing out on once you commit to it. Looking at it from... Pre-sight, looking at it, you're like, ooh, I, I, I don't want to tithe. I need that money. I need that. I need that time. Oh, Bev's hollering at me. I'm never at the house. But the more you serve and the more, like, she sees my heart towards the church, I think the less she's mad at me. 
Uh, there's times I think she's mad at me because I spend too much time here. But she also sees the love for the church and the love for Christ. And she does the same thing. Um, I don't necessarily show anger towards it or never really have. And she she doesn't necessarily show anger, but she might like say, well, what are you going down there for? You've spent all week down there rewiring the stage. What's left there to do? I'm just trying to get it the best for... He's a perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get it the best for everybody, I guess. We want to say we appreciate each of you for the hard work and the time you put into just making the church a better place. And so for those who are listening online or on the radio, what advice would you give to them um, in meeting Jesus? What would you say to them um, to encourage them or to kind of steer them in the right direction? I would just say, you know, come just as you are. You don't have to be a, a good person to come to Jesus. You don't have to change your lifestyle to come to Jesus. You come to church when you're hurting and when, you know, you're you're not in a good place and Jesus will make that impact on your life, and he will do the changing for you. Um, I think it's just really super important to stress that. You know, a lot of people, I hear a lot of people say, you know, oh, you know, I, 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 can't, I can't go to church because, you know, the building will fall down if I walk in it, and, you know, because I'm such a horrible person, you know, I've done this and this and this and this, in my life and you know it doesn't matter what you've done in your past you know when you come when you step into this church and you give your life to Jesus he will do the changing it's not on you you don't have to you don't have to be strong Jesus will give you the strength another thing to add to that is I think once you Find your church. It doesn't have to be this church. It could be any church. Your first thing to look for is a place where you can serve. The more you can serve that church, the more you'll want to learn his word and learn his ways. Um, the more you feel tied to your church, your congregation. Um, and it really all around will make you a better person. Uh, you'll see parts of your life change not even related to the service you're doing. Uh, you'll see people's lives that are changing because of little things you do. Well, before we close, I just want to give you an opportunity. Is there anything else that you two would like to share um, with the listeners? I know that we have texted a little bit about some scripture that has impacted you and has made a difference in your all's lives. And so, why don't you just tell us a few things about that story and how you relate to that? Um, you know, talking about serving and, and giving, um, one of the stories in the Bible that is in all four of the Gospels is how Jesus fed the 5,000. And it's one of the stories, you know, that's kind of one of my favorites because it really rings true in, in our lives and in our walk with Christ is that, you know, Jesus always shows up. When you give, when we started, you know, fully tithing, um, giving, you know, 
the tithe that you know the Bible says that we need to give of our income. He really showed up and he blessed us, you know, like he did that day that he fed the 5,000. You know, they only had two fish and like four or five loaves of bread, and he ended up feeding 5,000 people with just that little amount of food. Um, so when you give and you serve in the church, Jesus will provide and give back to you tenfold. Thank you for sharing that. We know that, uh, as Tom had kind of just talked about, even the, the same kind of thing shows up in Zacchaeus's life. You know, he had been uh, away from Jesus, hadn't really known Jesus in the way that he was about to encounter. And he had so much at stake, and he had decided that he was going to go through this process of repaying the people. He wanted to give back to people and you know in the same way when we tithe we're giving back to God and you know I'm sure Zacchaeus never went without I'm sure that as he continued to follow Jesus he continued to do what God had called him to do and asked him and told him to do and we can even see that in scripture over and over for our lives that God provided and we see that in each of our lives and you all share um, how that happened to you and so we want to say thank you, and we appreciate everything that each of you do and the many hours and time that you put in. Um, thank you for making time just to do this video and so that we can share true stories of how we're meeting Jesus and how people um, are, is encountering God, and he is changing their lives and making a difference in their lives. So we hope that you have enjoyed listening and watching our service today. And we hope that next week you'll tune back in as we continue this series, Encountering God, True Stories. Thank you and have a great week.